0: Welcome to Dave Turner's Seat Yourself podcast series in the hospitality tabletop industry. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for TabletopJournal.com. This podcast was originally published on the week of January 28th, 2019 and runs for approximately 20 minutes. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality.
1: Hi again, everyone. It's Dave, and we're back again with more Seat Yourself, our 15 to 20-minute podcast on the latest in the hospitality tabletop sector. This week we've got some great news, some great product segments, and then in our 60 Seconds with Shannon segment, Shannon will address the issue of supplier mergers and acquisitions and how they impact the uh, companies like Edward Don. Of course, Shannon Talent is the rockstar tabletop and buffetware category manager for Don, and since they've been more and more mergers, acquisitions, and distribution partnerships on the supplier side of hospitality, I wanted to get her take on all of that. And finally, we've had a number of you who have commented on one of the commentaries we posted earlier, so I wanted to follow up with that and go a little deeper into the aspect of trust and just what it may mean to your organization. And by the way, if any of you listeners, supply chain players or operators have questions for either Shannon or I, send them along and we'll try and get them answered for you. So with that, let's get started. Okay, here we go with this week's stat of the week. By now you know that's how we start each episode of Seat Yourself. This week's stat is zero. That's right, zero. That's the amount of impact that the growing legalization of cannabis is said to have on beer and spirit sales. I know that may be hard for you to believe, but both the Distilled Spirits Council of the US and the Brewers Association agree. According to David Osgo, Economist for the Spirits Council, after studying in-depth per capita alcohol sales in three states, Washington, Oregon, and Colorado, for two years prior to legalization and three to four years post-legalization, there's simply been no impact. Osgo says, simply put, the data show there has been no impact on spirit sales from recreational marijuana legalization. Full stop. The Brewers Association, which represents small and independent brewers, concurs. And while it's true that overall beer sales have been declining, it doesn't appear that the legalization of cannabis has really had much to do with it. And then you have global Anheuser-Busch CEO, Carlos Brito. He was on CNBC's Squawk Box financial TV show just the other day, saying virtually the same thing. And by the way, Anheuser-Busch sales in North America slipped 3% in the first nine months of 2018. And marijuana laws right alongside that have been relaxed in more than two dozen states but of course the drug remains illegal federally. And while Brito says there's still not specific data tying increased recreational marijuana usage and declining beer sales, Anheuser-Busch recently announced a hundred million dollar joint venture on beverages infused with CBD, which is a non-psychotic, psychoactive marijuana compound. So, zero impact, really, at all? Maybe it's just me, but this actually surprises me quite a bit. What do you think? In our first news story, if you're looking for one more reason to go to the upcoming host hospitality trade show in Milan this coming October, here is one. This past year, the main airport in Milan, Malpensa, broke a record for air traffic that has stood since 2007, carrying over 24 million passengers. The Malpensa airport grew over 11% in 2018. Okay, you say, so what does this really mean to me? Well, according to Global Travel Industry News, Malpensa achieved that growth by being supported by all three main air traffic segments, long haul, low cost, and legacy carriers. And while a good deal of the airport's growth was domestic Italian travel, Germany and Spain were the fastest growing European markets. And for long haul markets, it was US, China, and Canada. And for 2019, there have already been additional routes added and announced to Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago, and Toronto. Milan's Malpensa Airport is currently served by 105 airlines going to 210 destinations. So now, there's almost no reason to not go to Milan in October to attend this year's host show. At host, there'll be over 2,100 exhibitors and 187,000 attendees. And by the way, the number of attendees was up 24% during the last host show, which, by the way, as you know, is an every-other-year trade show. So, Host Milano, it's where hospitality meets business, October 18th to the 22nd. We'll see you there. And in our next news story, it seems like each week we could be talking about the issue of food delivery and off-premise dining. Virtually every week we could be talking about that if we wanted to. But it seems to be in every corner of our industry's news each week. That's why we keep talking about it. And we keep mentioning it also because of the potential impact to the overall permanent tableware product category. This past week, the issue comes up again from Nation's Restaurant News senior editor Ron Ruggles, who was recapping the recent ICR investment conference held in Orlando. The ICR conference is an annual conference where presentations on consumer trends are presented to the investment community, and Ron was recapping that for followers of Nation's Restaurant News, where he works. For those not familiar with Ron and his work, Ron Rugless, for our way of thinking, is one of, if not the leading experts in reporting on the chain industry, chain restaurant industry, and the multi-business operations here in the United States. At Tabletop Journal, we try to keep tabs on what Ron's writing, and you definitely want to check him out. Back to Ron's recap, in his recap, he mentions True Food Kitchen, a healthy chef-driven chain with seasonal menus in 30 locations from coast to coast here in the U.S. True Food Kitchen averages about $7 million in unit volume, and at this conference, the CEO was commenting on how they had some success with delivery. The stunning number that True Kitchen CEO Christine Barone said is that they have one unit, she didn't mention which one, that is doing a $1 million in volume with one delivery company. One delivery company, one restaurant, $1 million. So yes, my friends, it seems like delivery may stay around here for a while. And with that as just one example, there can be little question that the permanent tableware sector for hospitality has got to be getting impacted. In our first product segment this week, as we've said, we're excited to be headed to the NAPM show in Orlando for lots of reasons. One of those reasons, of course, is to see firsthand some of the new products being shown there. And on our list of must-see is the new banquet dinnerware collections from Rack USA. The US subsidiary of Rack Porcelain is introducing for the first time three new white-on-white dinnerware collections that have been designed specifically for high-volume banquet and catering operations. With collection names like Helm, Charm, and Soul, each has a different type of embossment, raised look, look ranging from subtle concentric circles of Helm to the soft raindrop look of Charm, onto the grass-like lines of sole. So we're really looking forward to seeing them firsthand in the pictures, I don't think do these ones justice. And according to the folks at Rack USA, all three collections have a complete range of round squares and rectangle serving pieces. In addition, they all come with complete complement of stackable and non-stackable cups. These are kept simple by only having two saucers, we understand, a large and a small, for the complete variety of cup sizes. Now, Rack Porcelain is known for launching large numbers of new collections, and we understand that. In addition to the three we'll see in Orlando, there are several more banquet-specific collections coming along right behind these, we understand. In addition, we have a feeling that the Rack Europe booth at Ambiente will have probably a few surprises there as well. And this is why we love the springtime in our industry. Lots of newness, lots of renewal. It's perfect. And speaking of newness and renewal, In our other product segment, we're excited to be talking about one of our favorite companies, Dudson, and their new launch of bold and beautiful colors for their very popular Harvest Dinnerware collection. Dudson is a brand that has been a tabletop leader in the hospitality sector for 200 years or so. And this past year in North America, they've teamed up with Art Cardinal for their distribution. In that regard, it seems to have been a win-win for both companies, as Art Cardinal President Alexander Bollinger reported to us last week that 2018 was Art Cardinal's best year ever. Back to the new colors in Dudson's Harvest Dinnerware, the new colors, as we've mentioned, are bold, and we think pretty beautiful, an autumn-like mustard color, a strong indigo blue, and a reddish coral color, each with that handcrafted look that Harvest Dinnerware has become so known for. According to Dudson Design Director Danny Goodall, they see the farm-to-table table trend continuing, and in the press release announcement, he's quoted as saying, Harvest is very popular with their con- customer base and is being ordered across all market segments. So more good product news on, uh, on the way for Harvest Collection coming from Dudson. And again, if you're in North America and interested in learning more, make sure you get in touch with your Art Cardinal representative.
0: Now 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave asks Shannon Talon of Edward Donham Company the question of the week. This week, Shannon talks about supplier mergers and acquisitions and their impact with Edward Don.
1: Hi, we're back with Shannon from the Edward Don Company, and today's question for Shannon involves all the acquisitions and strategic strategic alliances that have been happening, uh, primarily on the manufacturer side. Um, but want to know, Shannon, is that? How does Edward Don view that? Is that a a good thing? Is it a a complex thing? Does it complicate life for you? Or does it make it easier, in fact?
2: It depends on the situation. It certainly can be complicated if you have two uh, if you have two suppliers or manufacturers coming together via acquisition or um, a strategic uh, licensing agreement or something like that, it can be challenging um, operationally to manage through those transitions. But really what's important to us is how that it manifests itself in the market. We don't want customers to be impacted negatively uh, and we just want continuity of supply. So as long as those suppliers and manufacturers are mindful of that, uh, it tends to not be, you know, too too troubling or cause too much of a headache and i think it depends on the situation i think customers more and more are very much interested in buying what we call the bundle if they're looking for tabletop they often it's easier for them to go with one company one or two companies for their dinnerware or glassware flatware um we've talked about Buffet companies expanding into one or the other buffet into tabletop, tabletop into buffet, so that one-stop shop can be very appealing. However, friendly competition is good for all of us. So, uh, some of the companies, as the more brands they acquire, the more companies that that, that they might take over. Um, we just have to make sure that our sales force is properly trained and educated on how to bring that to market, how to bring that to our customers because that can become overwhelming. So for a distributor sales rep, understanding all the brands or all the products under one umbrella, can be can be complicating it can be to wrap your head around it um, so they have to really be trained and the customers therefore have to be um, we have to be mindful that the customers need some extra help in understanding those dynamics as well so it can be it has its pros and cons uh, but that friendly competition is good for all of us
1: and I suppose if if somebody's good in one category just to bolt on a another category and not be committed to it probably could um, it can cause problems. Yeah. It
2: can absolutely cause problems because we, you could see a, a manufacturer or supplier be very devoted to their core product offering and not give as much of that love or attention to the products that they've, like you said, bolted on. And uh, that's why I say they've got to... Those companies, as they add complementary categories or complementary brands, have to make sure they have the right breadth and depth and that they give the right treatment to those products that they've brought on. Otherwise, it just confuses the marketplace and I have to imagine makes those categories or those brands less successful for them.
0: Now, here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave talks about following up on trust and how a key aspect of trust impacts an organization.
1: In one of our first commentaries, we talked about the central issue of trust within organizations, and several of you have commented on that since. So today, I thought I'd dig a little deeper into one of the key aspects of trust. First of all, to me, trust is one of those things that changes everything in an organization or a company. Without trust, nearly everything is going to be questioned. But today, the specific aspect of trust I want to address is that of speed. If organizations have trust, and remember, organizations are made up just of people, then everything moves a whole lot quicker. Well-known consultant Tom Peters has said, technique and technology are important, but adding trust is the issue of the decade. Well, we agree with Tom. Trust is confidence, confidence in people, confidence in brands, confidence in companies, and perhaps confidence in your own organization. And conversely, the lack of trust or distrust creates suspicion. In organizations, a lack of trust causes wonder about, is there another agenda? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? What will happen if I make a mistake? Or the dreaded, what's really going on here in my organization or company? In organizations that lack trust, decisions that should be simple to make are truly labored over, often for fear of making a wrong decision or simply political reasons. Team members are often afraid to give the best or their most creative ideas or try new methods for fear that they may be criticized. And, all too often, organizations suffer from a lack of trust within their various disciplines. Marketing doesn't trust sales to execute, sales doesn't trust finance and operations to have the right inventory of products to satisfy their customers' every need, and then operations doesn't trust the corner office to understand what it takes on their side to do everything to help the company hit its goals by investing in the right equipment, systems, or manpower. All these types of distrust slow an organization down. And then, When it comes to customers, think about it for a minute. Few customers will buy from vendors they don't trust, and if they ultimately do buy, they almost certainly will investigate loads of other options before they perhaps reluctantly make their purchase. All this takes precious time in organizations, in situations, and in relationships where trust is not present. And remember, the speed of today's business is just getting faster and faster. However, if trust is indeed present, in an organization or a relationship, you can almost feel it. That feeling that comes in the form of energy or more passion, and both of which translate into more speed and more quickness. Decisions are made more quickly, products get to market faster, customer relationships are more open and they grow more quickly. In trusting organizations, team members share more information among their colleagues and they help the organization develop and evolve. All this helps the organization stay relevant to what the demands of their segment are and stay ahead of their competitors. And if there are ever problems and really is there ever a time where there are no problems, these problems get flagged earlier and are raised so that they can be resolved quicker and usually at a lot less expense. In trusting organizations, it's often the frontline employees who see these problems first and it's often those same frontline employees who have the best solution for solving those problems. But these types of adjustments and corrections can only happen if the team members have confidence and trust that the quote unquote messenger won't be shot. There are many reasons for making sure you're building trust into your organization's DNA, but speed is one of the, if not the most important, one of all. And remember, speed and agility in organizations is a true differentiator in determining success in virtually any industry. Hospitality and hospitality tabletop are no different. So as we are still beginning a new year, why not take an assessment of the level of trust in your organization? If it's not where you think it could be, why not make that a priority and set as a 2019 goal to speed things up a bit? Well, that's it, everybody. That wraps up today's Seat Yourself podcast. I want to thank Shannon Talon for joining us. And of course, I especially want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in today. And finally, I want to thank the Edward Donnan Company for sponsoring, in part, this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Donnan Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. This is Dave Turner, and we'll see you next time. But always remember, tabletop matters.
0: For more information and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com or email Dave at DT at tabletopjournal.com.